very cheap. 3,400, you could go to him. Or Jared Cook. And I actually, this is a great play. And I'm going to tell you why. I just want to double check his ownership to make sure that this works out nicely. No, it doesn't. He's pretty popular. But... <laughs> Win big in 2021 with rotoballer.com's NFL Premium Pass. Are you ready to dominate your season-long and DFS leagues? Rotoballer's NFL Premium Pass and Draft Kit includes rankings, projections, and cheat sheets for all formats. Get exclusive draft articles, DFS tools, lineup optimizers, and premium Slack chats. Join in on the winning and take 50% off on any Premium Pass. Use the promo code FRA. FRA for another 10% discount. Just visit rotoballer.com slash radio, sign up today, and start rotoballing like a boss. Welcome to the Fantasy Jones. I'm Carlos Marion, and I'm here with Frank Amarante, our Fantasy Insider. Frank, how's your night going so far? What's going on? It's great. Uh, Thursday, love. Uh, we're going to get into the uh, Sunday DFS slate packed action Thursday I love recording while the football game on Thursday night is in on in the background so feeling great cracked open a tall boy having a beer and uh excited to talk football that's it I got my Red Bull here Get, spice up the night and you're right having the game on the side it just uh, keeps the flow going the classic feeling Frank tonight like you said we are thinking of going through some DFS and the slate this week is is pretty tempting. What do you think of it? Yeah, it looks good. It's not it's not like last week where there were a million amazing running back uh, plays where you you love to play three running backs even on full PPR and DraftKings. So it's a little bit tougher, but uh, we have some interesting games. You know, uh, a clash of titans with the Bills and Bucks that should be interesting. A rematch with the Chiefs and Raiders when we saw. Mahomes just shred that defense a few weeks ago on Sunday Night Football. And we haven't had the Chiefs on the main slate in a while. They've been in all these primetime games. So it's nice to have them back to uh, fire up. Yeah, maybe we can fire up some Patty Mahomes since we're going to start with quarterback. Frank, is there a quarterback that you see at the top tier level that you're like, okay, must start in DFS this week? Well... For me, looking at the at the high end, my favorite would have to be Josh Allen, just because there's no quarterback on the slate that really has his upside, and he's in a good game environment where they they will have to you know air it out to keep pace with that pass heavy Bucks offense. The Bills and Bucks are probably the they're not probably they are the two most pass heavy teams in the NFL, so you really have a recipe for a potential shootout here. And Allen's coming off a down game in that really windy, um, really windy condition. So I think I think he's got to be my favorite here, going up against the Bucks. And you can I'll, we'll get into the wide receiver options, but for now I think Josh Allen, just because the game environment, the Bills are desperate for a win. The Bucks are a pass funnel defense because they're so good against the run. I think Josh Allen's the best elite option, uh, high priced option here. He really jumps out. We had just talked about Mahomes, but you know Josh Allen in that matchup against Tampa Bay. That's got to be, that's got to be big time points. And honestly, even if you picked out Tom Brady out of that one of those two, that game's probably going to produce. They're going to go back and forth. 
moving on to something maybe in around like 6,000 tier level. What do you think? What do you think about that? There's a couple games like the Bengals and Niners. I see Joe Burrow there and I don't know. What do you think, Frank? So the, the thing with me is I, I would normally like Joe Burrow here, but he's dealing with that finger injury that could really limit his effectiveness as a passer. So I might not be willing to go there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill at 6,400. He gets Julio Jones back, but I mean, that Jaguars offense is a joke. They haven't been able to put up points. I don't like that game environment. The, the Titans can just go run heavy and, you know, we, we might not get much from Tannehill. So to be honest with you, out of that 6K range, I'm not really a fan of many. Just because, you know, Dak Prescott goes against Washington, who has been phenomenal at sustaining long drives and keeping opponents off the field which could limit Prescott's passing volume. I don't like him. Russell Wilson, he faces the Texans. That's an ugly game environment. The Seahawks could go run heavy because Houston's run defense is a joke. So I don't like that either. Even Justin Herbert at 7,100 on DK, I don't really like because he might be without Mike Williams and without Keenan Allen. And the Giants are starting Jake Fromm at quarterback. I don't know how they're going to score points. So it's not really a game where Herbert has to really go guns a blazing and even Lamar Jackson he's been struggling lately from a fantasy standpoint if I'm going even higher I mean last three weeks 18 13 16 DraftKings points so really if I'm looking at quarterback I'm either paying up for Josh Allen maybe going Tom Brady Patrick Mahomes is the most expensive but I mean other than the Raiders game he's been super disappointing like 13 points, 9 points, 10 points, 15 points, 9 points. Like he's just not he's not worth that salary. So I, I might not even go towards him either, to be honest. So I'm looking at Josh Allen or even going a little further down the list and sub 6K, where we could talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. And the reason I I would maybe look at Garoppolo is because you know Elijah Mitchell might miss this game. The Bengals are better against the run, and I could see Garoppolo throwing a little bit more. He's a value. Taysom Hill is going to be really popular at 5,600. He faces the Jets, and Taysom Hill, every time he starts, all he does is produce from a fantasy standpoint. Over 27 DK points last week, so he's popular for good reason. Um, If we look even further down, if I want to go with a dart throw here, I would go with a total contrarian cheap play in Zach Wilson and that's just because last week he finished as quarterback seven he put up 22 DraftKings points he looked a bit better the Saints are just totally locked down uh, against the run which might force Wilson to have to air it out so that's a reason why I look towards him but to sum it up I go Allen or Hill are my two favorites they're picking does seem to be slim here the one player i was looking at mentioned burrow and like directly underneath him is Derek carr and we had talked Mm -hmm. about the chiefs and raiders that might be a nice little in between play you just pop him in there at 6k if you if you decide to go running back or wide receiver heavy i like you said the quarterback choices aren't that great this week so any of those options could work I do want to add one quick thing. Uh, Cam Newton looks really cheap at 5,400, but I still don't really like him. And the reason for that is this. Matt Rule, they just fired offensive coordinator Joe Brady, and that's because he wasn't running the ball enough. 
So I think the Panthers are going to come out really run heavy. And I know Cam Newton will probably run on those, but it's just a situation where you won't see much passing volume. So it would be hard to pair Cam Newton with a pass catcher like DJ Moore. So that's someone who I would look to avoid. Good to know. Speaking of the running game, we're on to the running backs. Frank, same question, top tier. Are you paying up this week for running backs? You can definitely pay up this week. We'll start with Austin Eckler. And I know he's got a Q tag. He's He had a limited practice due to an ankle issue, but he's still practice. He's going to play. He's not really in danger of missing the game. And the thing with Eckler is Keenan Allen's out. Mike Williams looks very likely to be out. What does that mean? It means their wide receivers are Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer, very weak wide receiver room, which could lead to a ton of targets for Austin Eckler. He has a great matchup at home. The Giants run defense isn't good. Uh, the Chargers are double digit favorites. So, you know, the Chargers will likely control this game, which could lead to more carries and work for Eckler. He's he's a top priced running back on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he also is. And he's worth it just because of that volume and touchdown equity. He has 15 total touchdowns. So it's a great spot there. You also have to love Alvin Kamara's spot. He's not on the injury report. He's fully healthy. Takes on a Jets defense that is allowing the most fantasy points per game to running back. So it's a good matchup. The one concern is that Taysom Hill won't check it down as much and that Mark Ingram is likely back. So that's a concern there. But I do like those two. I don't really like Joe Mixon just because he's banged up. Uh, he has a, He's dealing with an illness, actually. I don't like Nick Chubb too much at 7,600 because the Ravens' run defense is good. Leonard Fournette is someone to look at because even though the Bills' run defense is good, well, A, they just got gashed on the ground by the Patriots, and B, Leonard Fournette is just getting so many targets. Last week, caught seven of eight targets. Week before, seven of eight. Week before, all six he caught. And the week before that, he had eight catches on nine targets. So even if he's inefficient on the ground, he will rack up some reception. So I'd prefer Fournette over Chubb and Mixon. But at the high end, it's definitely Eckler and Kamara as the top. It's tough to argue with Eckler. The guy is just a scoring machine every year. It seems like, oh, and it, you know, a guy like me picking 12th, it really kicks me that I didn't take a guy like Eckler. Me too. You know, I take Gibson. Yeah. I, I had a blind spot here. I, I like Eckler, but I just, I don't know what, just, I just, what happens, you know, me, I get in that tunnel vision mode. I get fixed on certain players and, and sort of miss on uh, key key tidbits about a player that hey Eckler was already a stud and now you know he's in he could be the new Camara in that uh, Joe Lombardi former Saints OC in his offense and Eckler's finally been given goal line carries and he's he's smashed actually I should say one thing I've learned moving forward and drafting for next year is you should always try to get a player who's already produced, but he has a path to really unlock even more upside. And if we looked at Eckler, we saw a player who already was a stud fantasy back, but he wasn't getting goal line carries. So we could have thought, well, imagine he starts to get them now under a new coaching staff. And that's exactly what happened. So that's one thing to look at when trying to decide on your first round pick on stud players like that. 
yeah, looking at the mid tier, what do you think of that? What what are the uh, what are the players that really stand out? One player who stands out for sure uh, is Josh Jacobs. Kenyon Drake just had a season-ending injury against the Washington football team. And Josh Jacobs is finally being used in the passing game. Uh, last game, nine targets, four targets, seven targets, five targets, four targets. And now Drake being out and Drake being the pass catching back, that could lend itself to more work for Jacobs. And Jacobs quietly has been pretty solid all year. Like, look at his DraftKings points, 17, 10.7. Double-digit DraftKings points in every game except one. And he has one game over 20, which was last week. And I think we could see him really pop once again, especially if Darren Waller is forced to miss another game, just because Jacobs could be the focal point of that offense along with Hunter Renfro. And what you could do, instead of paying up for Patrick Mahomes, and he's, too, he's overpriced, you could get little mini pieces of that game with Josh Jacobs and maybe, as you said, Derek Carr, even though it's quarterback and running back and that has negative correlation, the fact that Jacobs catches passes makes that more easy to, to combine because Carr could easily throw a touchdown pass to Jacobs. So I love Josh Jacobs this week. Plus, we just saw Javante Williams absolutely shred that Chiefs defense with a big workload. He had, uh, what, over 100, almost, I believe, 170 total yards. So I really like Josh Jacobs. I really love uh, your boy, my my boy, Antonio Gibson. He's finally producing like we thought he would coming into the year. We were deprived of a really nice season just because of that shin injury. Well, now it's been all systems go. He's been a volume machine. Not only has he eclipsed 20 carries in three of his last four games, but he's put up six and seven targets in his last two. Now, I know J.D. McKissick missed last game with a concussion, and he's likely back. But this is looking more and more like Gibson's backfield, like fully his backfield. Because Washington, I know this as a fan. I watched them closely. Coming out of the bye, they've established a new identity as a run-heavy team that will keep opposing offenses off the clock to help their defense out, which was really underachieving earlier on the year. Well, look at, look what their defense has done. They've allowed 15, 15, 21, and 19 points during this four-game winning streak. And that's because they're feeding Gibson. They're just churning out yardage. And you got to think Gibson will continue to get a huge workload in a huge game against the Cowboys. So you could really save money this week just going Jacobs and Gibson. I'm going to quickly look at the ownership uh, projections for running backs from 4 for 4, one of the sites I write for, just to give you a sense here. And, you know, Antonio Gibson and Jacobs are really popular at 23 and 18%, but it's okay because they, they have such a nice price that they're worth it. And the other player is Javante Williams, a player that I love. He, he exploded on his time to, in his time to shine when Gordon was out. I know he plays the Detroit Lions, which is a great matchup, but Gordon's likely back. He's back at practice. He's going to play. Vic Fangio's probably a stubborn old coach. He's probably going to go right back to an even split, which makes Gibson and Jacobs my preferred choice at that price over Williams because Williams is only $100 cheaper than Gibson on DK and $300 cheaper than Jacobs.
Gibby. It's nice to see him finally break out to get that. Well, it makes me feel better for drafting him instead mm-hmm. of feeling like a complete fool, like we were just talking about Eckler. But to see him, we talked about it a few weeks ago, if that shin can get right during the bye, he can come out and establish, and he is establishing his position at their full-time running back, Frank. We're going to move on to the low tier. Is there anybody in the bargain bin that you see well, if we're looking at the bargain bin here, I mean, uh, you know, there's Dontrell Hilliard at 5,300. He ran really well against the Patriots, ran for 131 yards. But the thing is, he could split with Deonta Foreman. Jeremy McNichols is back. So it's it's tough to really trust him there. I think the two best ones would probably be actually three, maybe now I just noticed one. Well, actually, they're, they're kind of similar in price here, but to Javante Williams, that is. But look at James Robinson. He's only 5,800. And the thing is, though, he missed practice today. He's banged up. Uh, he, he went on, I forget which podcast, but he, he was saying how he feels like he was benched last game. And then Trevor Lawrence came out saying they need to feed James Robinson more. So maybe if he does play, he'll get more work. And the Titans running game isn't really one to fear. You, you look at Devonte Freeman, the veteran, he's had eight targets last week, two weeks ago. I mean, the game before that, he had uh, only one, but the previous one from that, he had six. So he's the clear-cut top back in this offense. You could also look towards Kareem Hunt, who I think will 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 make an impact against the Ravens in the passing game. but. The thing with these two is that they're not much cheaper than than Gibson. Like, yeah, it's not worth it at that on point. On DraftKings, Freeman's only 300 cheaper than Gibson, and Gibson is much, much safer there. That's the problem there. To answer your question, I, I, I'm probably not playing any of these middle, I mean super cheap running backs. It's just I'd rather go towards Gibson, Drake, uh, I mean, sorry, Gibson, Jacobs, or pay up at Eckler Camara. Yeah, good point, especially balancing off with the quarterbacks. And let's see what we can do at wide receiver here, Frank. At wide receiver, there are obviously some big names right at the top because of the high totals in the KC and Buffalo game. You're going to and San Fran. You, who, who do you like? Are you paying up at receiver this week? Yeah, uh, I, I think I definitely, my favorite to pay up for here would be Stefan Diggs. Going back to what I said with Josh Allen, you know, they're going to have to really air it out and they're already pass heavy as it is. So it's just a perfect storm. And, you know, Diggs has emerged in the last few weeks. Prior to that windstorm game, he had scored a touchdown in three straight. So he could really make an impact there. Tyreek Hill is the highest priced on DraftKings as well as FanDuel. But I don't know if I want to go there. The Raiders have actually been good against receivers. And Tyreek Hill hasn't gone over 100 yards since week four. It's hard to pay up for him there. If we look towards more under 8,000, Chris Godwin's always in play. He had a monster game, 17 targets against the Bill, uh, against the uh, Falcons. But if I'm looking at a Tampa Bay receiver, I think 
I'd rather, I always, I, I never like to really go after a player who exploded the last week. I, I think I'd go to Mike Evans this time. He still had a good game last week, seven catches, 99 yards. And, uh, you know, Tredavious White is out for the Bills. So if you went with Diggs, I, I wouldn't mind pairing him with Evans at all. So out of those, uh, you know, 6,000 and up, I'd, I definitely would say Diggs and Evans. Um, yeah, those look like my two favorites. You could look at McLaurin and CeeDee Lamb, but the concern for me there is that, you know, the, uh, Washington just loves to run the ball right now. So that could really affect McLaurin because the Washington will pass less and it could affect CeeDee Lamb because, you know, uh, the Cowboys could have fewer, fewer plays just because of how Washington has been able to keep the ball. So I, I won't go that route. Okay. Now I'm looking at the mid-tier wide receivers under 6,000. And there's one name that obviously jumps out at me just because of what he's done recently. And it's Elijah Moore. Oh yeah. Is this a week? Do you feel confident? You had just said something about how you don't really like taking guys that are off a bigger breakout game, but it seems as though he's just having a breakout rest of season. What yeah, he, yeah, he he's it's different with him. So I should add to my point about not chasing the player who had the big game. What I fully mean is that I don't really like to take a player coming off a huge game if he's on a team where there are so many mouths to feed, like Godwin. So Godwin just had his huge game, but there's Evans and there's Gronk there and there's Fournette. So it, it always seems like there's one of those players each week that really goes off. So I'd rather not go to Godwin there. I'd rather go to Evans this time. Cause you know, it's like he's due for that big eruption game. And we've seen it in the past. I mean, I'm not going to go against you if you like Godwin, but that's just a concern of mine. But to your point about Elijah Moore, he's the only guy there. Like Corey Davis is out for the season. Michael Carter, the running back is still injured. So he's there clear-cut top weapon he's been phenomenal ever since that uh thursday nighter against the colts where he scored two touchdowns and, and had 84 yards like he scored he's he's found the end zone in four of his last five games he has two double digit target games in his last three and like i mentioned about the saints they're very good against the run and they're uh more susceptible against the pass so i like elijah Moore for sure this week he's just been rolling if i want to add another uh lower priced receiver you could look towards brandon Ayuk, especially if Debo's out again just because george kittle went off last week maybe this time it's Ayuk. Ayuk's put up six plus targets in three consecutive games he's got big playability um you scroll down here i'm looking at a at five thousand. you know you got Amon Ross St. Brown, who's coming off a game where he caught 10 balls and for 86 yards and a touchdown. Problem is he plays Denver. But I wanted to talk about this player who I really like this week. He's only at 5,000. And, and the reason for this that I really like him is Cole Beasley. Number one, like we mentioned, he's in a game where there's going to be a ton of passes. Two pass-heavy teams pass funnel defenses on the buck side so it's just a nice spot 
But what I did see is someone from PFF. It was Dwayne McFarlane, who who is a great content creator. And one of the tweets he said was that Beasley has been the Bills' best receiver against zone coverage. And that's the type of coverage that the Bucks primarily roll with. So we could see Beasley have one of one of those games where he just goes like nine catches for 90 yards or something like that with a touchdown. And here's the tweet. I found it. So the Bucks play zone coverage, the fourth most in the NFL, 75%. Cole Beasley uh, has 25% targets per route run against zone. So basically what that's telling you is that every time Josh Allen sees zone, his main man is Cole Beasley. So it's a great play. Shout out to Dwayne McFarlane. And, you know, 5000 not only is it a great price, but you get some leverage on Stefan Diggs. Leverage meaning that you pick a contrarian play over the popular one. And if we look at ownership, you know, Diggs is at 13% from four for four. Beasley is at eight. So you can save money and save some ownership there. So he's a nice cheap play that I do like. That is a, that is a nice call that fits into this lineup I'm building here, the TFJ lineup, it fits in it perfectly. We got 17K left. And Frank, we're going to move on to the tight ends now. And usually we, we always talk about maybe some long shots at tight end and Travis Kelsey turn. But George Kittle looks like he's establishing himself as the top tight end in the league right now. Is this a time to just keep rolling with Kittle? Or are you looking at another option, another option in the top tier? Well, I think this is a great week to pay up at tight end because, like you mentioned, George Kittle, he just exploded last week, 181 yards and two touchdowns. And I'm kicking myself because I loved him coming in the week, but then all of my George Kittle lineups were on we're in like Russell Wilson stacks and I'm just like, from now on, I'm just going to start with my favorite players, put them in the lineup and then find my stack where I can, if I want to, because I got to stop with this, always finding an opposing player to pair with my, my pick. Like, let's say I had Kittle, I put Metcalf with him because it looks nice and it's correlated, but you don't always have to do that. And yeah, if Debo's out again, Kittle can really go off once more. Uh, and he's at 6,900 on DK, second highest price tight end. And if we look at FanDuel, he's 7,100. So he's not the top price tight end. But speaking of the top one, Travis Kelsey, he just destroys the Raiders always. Last time he played them a couple weeks ago, eight catches, 119 yards. I look back, I believe he has three consecutive 100-yard games against the Raiders. So this is a good time to probably pay up for Kelsey because number one, you want to try to get a piece of all the big games. So the big games this week, the two biggest ones are the Raiders and Chiefs and the Bills and Bucks. So we just mentioned Beasley. You could put Beasley in. You could put Kelsey with Josh Jacobs. And that would be a nice little correlation there and a little piece of those big games. And then you could try to get different elsewhere in your lineup. So Kittle and Kelsey are, are good options. 
Gronk, you could save some money and go towards him. And he's been a monster. He's put up over 20 uh, DK points in back-to-back games. Coming off a two-touchdown performance, he's a monster right now. He looks like his old self. Great play. And I think, you know, just because of how good those top-tier tight ends are, I think this is the week to really pay up for them for sure. Yeah, it's not really worth it sometimes to just go scrape the barrel with the Schultzes and Knoxes and hope for the best. But like you said, Gronk, the return, it's nice. Nonstop Gronk. Every week, it seems like he's just, every time he plays, he's he's just a beast. Yeah. It's funny. Last week, I was looking at some projections and I saw Gronk so highly owned. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to take him. What am I talking about? Gronk is gonna what get another like two times? Come on, what am I talking? And then sure enough, he just comes in, ho hum, ho hum, does his thing. Yeah, just just pop, just snaps. Yeah. So should we move on to some flex or should we go right into defense? Yeah, we could let me just see before we do. I could see one maybe that we can, if you were to pay down. I want to mention one player, actually, two players. If I were to save money at tight end. I go to Austin Hooper because David Njoku is out with COVID and the Ravens are among the bottom in the league in tight end production and fantasy points allowed to tight end. So Hooper, very cheap, 3,400. You could go to him or Jared Cook. And I actually, this is a great play. And I'm going to tell you why. I just want to double check his ownership to make sure that this works out nicely. No, it doesn't. He's pretty popular, but... (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, because it looked like a lot of people were playing Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer on the Chargers, the wide receivers. So going to Cook would be nice because you get some leverage there. Still a good play because the conventional, the conventional, the, the common belief is when the two, res, two starting receivers are out, oh, they're going to just feed the next receiver in line. That's not always the case. You might see them play more two tight ends. Uh, formations you might see them line Jared Cook up in the slot and that's what I think they will do they're not going to just feed Josh Palmer who's done nothing all year I I mean that seems unlikely it's not like he'll get peppered with targets he'll have he has a chance to have a nice game but let's like slow our roll here so they could go to the veteran Cook so that could be someone to pay down at but I think I'd rather go towards Kelsey Kittle or Gronk this week it seems like the safer play. Cook is too much of a variable, it seems. But, you know, we'll see. You never know. Moonshot. Now, Frank, at yeah. defense, there's a couple really good value plays. But is this the week that you're dipping to the value? Or what are you looking at? Well, if we look, let, I'm going to start at the top. And the Chargers are the highest price uh, defense on DraftKings. And at 4300 i'd even pay up for them because they're playing jake from at home they're double digit favorites jake from's making his first start i mean that's hard to see that going too well so that would be one i could look at and if you look at FanDuel, the chargers are actually ranked seventh in price so they're a great they're an especially great value on that platform so if I'm, I'm paying up, I'm going there. You could go to the Broncos, home to the to the Lions. You could go to the Titans, home to the Jags, the Saints against the Jets. 
some high priced ones look pretty good. Uh, but if we're going to go to the bargain bin, what looks solid to me, you could look at the, you know, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they just get a ton of sacks and the Ravens offense is really struggling right now. Ever since that Miami game, I believe they haven't scored 20 points. I'm just going to fact check that for you, but look at this. Yeah. 10 points, 16 points, 16 points, 19 points during that stretch. So the Browns led by Miles Garrett, great pass rush. That could be an option for sure. You know, this could be a super contrarian one, but if you went with the Bills or even the Bucks, deed, I'll tell you why. Because the uh, this game's going to be really pass-heavy, and when you have more passes, you have more opportunities for sacks, more opportunities for picks, fumbles, even defensive touchdowns. So as a way to, to really get contrarian from any bills Bucks stack, you could play one of the defenses and hope that they get a defensive touchdown and that could, they can easily allow like 28 points, but still provide solid value if they get a couple turnovers and, and maybe even a touchdown. So that could be a real dart throw contrarian pick. Especially with our little Josh Allen digs Beasley lineup here. You throw Absolutely. some uh, bills D in there and hope for the best. Uh, since uh, season long is basically done for us, might as well just hope for the best with DFS. Oh, yeah. Can't believe this is like, I can't believe I, I ruined that lineup of mine with that. We mentioned on the show that Joe Mixon for CD Lamb trade. I think the lesson I've learned is that I always draft really well. And then sometimes my problem is that I get caught up in the recent production or any, I always tend to ruin my team in some leagues because of a trade when I should just stick with what I had originally because I draft really well. And then sometimes I get a quick trigger and mess that up. Yeah. I feel like I'm a little impatient too. I've, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just based off of habit. I always seem to have these teams that don't start off particularly well. But then in the second half, they go well. Like, remember that one year where I won against the best team ever constructed? Oh, yeah. And I had just a <laughs> six and seven lineup. And I won in the finals because I just had these late season guys. And even the guys I had drafted did well at the end of the season. What, 10th place or whatever it is? Just do the exact same thing where, and like I said, I tried to stop, like, tried to stop the bleeding from the early season with some trades. And like you, you make the trade, and it ends up being a trade to make a trade. It's not really yeah. to your benefit. It's just because you get all excited and you feel like, oh, you know, this this is the week. This I I need to win this week. And if I, I don't know, it's all so, so exactly. short sighted. We just lose complete fucking grasp of the season. Exactly. Exactly. Well. Frank, I don't want to get too into this. We're going to be happy. It's DFS season. Frank, <laughs> always a pleasure. All right, always a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Fantasy Jones podcast. Keep up with the Fantasy Jones on Twitter, Instagram, and our website, thefantasyjones.com.